This Laughable Life with Janelle and Lindsay. And today we're talking about a documentary that we watched uh, separately, but we have both watched it. And we've talked to you guys about it and said, hey, you should watch as well. It's on Netflix for free. It's called Finger of God. It is by Darren Wilson. And he's got a couple other movies too. The other ones seem a little bit better. This is, I think, his first project. Um, it's it's kind of rough. I mean, as yeah. far as like production quality right. and stuff, it's it's um, it's not something you'd see like in theaters right now or something like that. But right. it's done well enough. Yeah, and it, it tells a story that he wants to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, before we even go into it, the topic of it is kind of, I mean, you could say very loosely, it's about miracles. Right. A little bit more um, honed in is the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in Christian churches and Christian lives today and in the world today. Right. Um, so let me just ask you then, Lindsay, before you even saw this movie, I should say even too, let's go back. What's your history of thought on miracles before you were you know, really into <clears throat> church, before you were saved, after, now? Um, honestly, it's kind of hard to think back. I don't know that I ever gave it much thought. I think the word miracle just, not that I, I believed in miracles, I guess, prior to be, you know, uh, becoming saved, right? Um, but it didn't mean anything to me. And it's, I mean, partially that was age. I was like really authentically saved, probably in like ninth grade. That's not something I would have pondered too deeply prior. But um, even just um, as I've kind of grown in my faith, I guess it used to just be something I never really gave much thought to. Um, believed when someone would say that you know, oh, I went to the doctor and there was this massive tumor, and then went back two weeks later after my pastor prayed over me and it was gone. Fully believe these things are God. Okay. I believe God performs those kinds of miracles, but those are the kind of the standard type um, miracles that right. I would have seen and heard, and those kinds of like medical things, or you know, saved from the car uh, a car accident at the last minute, or things like that. In this documentary, kind of focused on things that were a little bit more, I guess, in a sense, out of my comfort zone. Right. Well, I would agree. So my my history is. I don't know. I guess somewhat the same and also a little different. Um, I grew up hearing from my mom and hearing stories from her. And she was more of a radical Christian when she was younger than she is now. And uh, Not to say that like her faith is it's just different. But she would tell me some stories of things that had happened, whether they be miracles or just spiritual things. Some of them dealing with demons and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I grew up like hearing that. It wasn't something that was common. So it's not like, oh yeah, every day we were getting slain in the spirit of church or something, but it was something that was, yeah, of course demons exist. Yes, of course angels exist. Yes, of course miracles happen. That's kind of just how I was raised. Um, but I was also raised to question. So for example, if I saw a preacher on TV, my mom would say, well, listen to what he says and, and think about it. Look it up in the Bible. And, um, so I remember hearing that there was this one um, pastor or preacher, okay? And he was on TV a lot, very popular. Is there a difference between pastor and preacher? Yeah. Okay. Someone can go and preach, and they don't pastor a church. They just Got go it. And, okay, and, yeah. got it. Always wanted that. Continue. Okay. Anyway. So he was really, one of the, his things was, quote, unquote, a gift of knowledge. <clears throat> I'm not going to sit here and argue whether the gift of knowledge still happens. Um, anyway, this pastor 
preacher, whatever. He was popular for the gift of knowledge. And so he, people would come in and he would say, God is telling me, the Spirit is telling me, right here in the second row, third chair in, you're having back problems. And the person, oh my goodness, it's right, you know, and they would believe. And then he would, you know, pray for them and then they would get this emotional response from it and feel like they've been healed. Well, they, there is, a, I think there's a documentary somewhere about it. I, I mean, I did, obviously did not do my research, but I remember seeing it and hearing about it where what they would do is they would have staff and the staff would have things in their ears and they'd be able to communicate with each other and they would sit next to this person. Let's say they're in the second row, the fourth chair and say, oh, I'm here because my knee, my knee is horrible. And they would say, oh, it's my back. And then they would report back in, hey, second row, second chair, they've got this. It was complete fraud, and he was completely stealing this money from people. Because oh, right. I'm healed, so that was also kind of in the back of my mind. And it's always been in the back of my well, mind, especially if you're making money off. Well, exactly. That's what I would say as far as my perception, my opinion prior would be. Um, I went one time to a faith healer type situation. I okay, remember, tell me your experience. It was weird. Um, and I just mean like the whole experience was weird, not just what I was seeing, but. Well, same kind of thing. I mean, we showed up, we walked in, we sat in the church, he gave a really good message, and it got really, um, I don't even remember much of what he said, but I just remember thinking for a while, like, oh, this is cool, this is fine, I guess. Um, and then I got really excited and hyped, and yes, and he was pulling, you know, calling people up from the audience, and they were being slain in the spirit, which means they were, like, falling back, um, supposedly because of the power of God, but he was healing people, supposedly, like, there was somebody right in front of us. Because I remember being afraid that he had called on me, even though it was not raising my hand. <laughs> um, but people in front of us know something like a knee or a back or something generic like that. But um, but the whole time I just felt uncomfortable. It, that was the thing that was the, that's what stands out to me the most from that entire night. I don't remember what he said. I don't remember what he looked like. I vaguely remember the area the church was in and like walking in. But aside from that, I just remember feeling incredibly uncomfortable, very, I don't even know, I could say weird, but uncomfortable and weird don't really put, you know, that kind of feeling that you have just that you're in a weird spot, that you shouldn't be there, kind of a like. Okay, so, and, and there's a couple of things I should say too. One, I did warn you guys before you went, I heard about it. I didn't say like, this is bad, don't go. I said, just pray about it. Pray that God gives you clarity about it, that he, you know, just pray about it while you're there, you know? Because right. we're going to hear stuff from people. That's fine. I, I wouldn't tell you not to go, but just, just be careful. And secondly, uh, just from our experience as being friends for many a year, mm-hmm. I do believe that you do have the gift of hmm, discernment. Discernment. I've, I've come to believe that too. It just means that kind of, what does discernment mean exactly? I mean that you... The, the, that basically God has given you a, 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 an ability to be able to see someone I talk to someone, shake their hand, something, and he, the spirit, prompts you right away. This is good. This is not good. And so and I will just know, say that in the past, that's kind of you've known about true. things before they've been revealed. Like right. you've just known, hey, I'm at this, you know, someone at the church, someone somewhere. This is not right. Yeah. And then two years later, we find out she was right. It's not. Um, so I will. Yes. Yeah, so that those are some of our. Personal experiences. Personal experiences. Yeah. So going into this. In terms of that. So the first thing that happens in the movie when it starts is that he talks about a special miracle that's happening in a church of of his aunt and uncle, right? 
Yeah, that was the. This is something that I just feel like was just a poor personal choice on his end. But um, he's talking about a church that he knew of that's local in the U.S. somewhere near him or wherever. Um, it was Canada, I think. Was it? Oh, I think he was yeah. from Canada. Okay, so not in the U.S. But um, that was near him, and he said that he, God was giving people gold teeth, and so apparently. Um, people were in this church service and all of a sudden, randomly, they would have gold molars. It was always molars. <laughs> but, um, and he thought, wow, this sounds crazy. But it couldn't be crazy because the people telling him were his aunt and uncle. And that was the only justification. So it's like, I get that. On a personal level, yes. This is someone that you know, you, know, you trust. Right. You know they're not crazy. It doesn't you know, mean anything to the audience, though. Right, but it doesn't mean anything to me when you tell me, like, Hi, my name's Bill. This is my aunt and uncle. They're not crazy. Like, yeah, but we've kind of skipped over the big part of this. Hmm. Random people during church services are claiming that their teeth are turning into gold. That's what I said. I know. My God, but <laughs> no, I'm just like I'm just reiterating that. Yeah. Because when we first started, we both had the same reaction. Started watching this. We st- I went to turn it off. I didn't want to watch it. Uh, what? It was, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I literally was just about to just shut it off right there because I'm like, this is, one, like we said, poor production level, and so that immediately kind of kind of turns me off to some things. But I'm like, whatever, we're going to give this a chance, see what it says. And then when that's what it goes into, I was ready just to be done and shut the whole thing out. See, I was the opposite. I, I had the same response of this is ridiculous, but my, my reaction then is, okay, I have got to hear more about this because this is crazy. <laughs> Um, that's not the only thing he talks about. He talks about, in other churches, jewels randomly appearing. Gems, 50-carat gemstones. He shows these giant gems, and some smaller as well, but they're just appearing, and they're not man-made. And they're they're tested. They're perfect, and they've had jewelers look at them, and and they are just falling from the sky. Here's the thing, too. They're they're cut. Like a diamond, right? Is isn't like necessarily naturally like it is on our, our wedding rings. Like it, they're cut to be right. like perfectly. And the other um, thing was um, gold. What was the word? Gold dust. What did he say? Yeah, gold dust. But it looked just like I mean, it essentially picture it if you haven't watched flakes. it. Gold flakes is what he said. Yeah, um, but it would just you picture it as like a really fine gold glitter is kind of what it looked like to me, and it was just randomly showing up on people. Um, so me, and we, they were talking about. He kind of says, well, why? Because according to him, these churches aren't asking for anything in return. Um, they're not asking for money. They're not looking for anything like that. Um, so so they, 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 they try to get Christians to question what's normal. Right. They say, okay, this isn't normal. But that doesn't mean God couldn't do it. I think you and I are in agreement that, of course, God could do that. Absolutely. I believe God can do anything. Anything. Um so then my next question is, would God do that? And I guess you can't really say that. Like, we can't pretend like our finite minds can understand everything God does and all of his motivations. But we, we can look at history and what we know biblically of who God is and how he, he did use miracles. And God can absolutely do whatever he wants. So I, I, I really am careful to call a brother or sister in Christ a fraud. Like, like, I would really need proof that they're, right. they are fraudulent. So I am careful about what I say about that. However, I am also a little skeptical because of things that have happened in the past to say, well, what if that church just wanted attention? You know, something like that. Like, 
I don't know. I want right. to say I believe it all. Sure, of course, 100%. Well, see, and that's the thing, because then as the documentary goes on, it right. starts to talk about other kinds of miracles that are happening in other places. Overseas and things, yes. Overseas and in the U.S. Right. Things that are happening that, I guess, fit better into my belief of what God would do. Again, like you said. Would do. Would do, yes. yes. Not could do, but right. would do. But like you said, I, I also want to tread very lightly because it's it's hard to say that on one hand I believe these people and I believe God is doing these things, which are equally as crazy in a sense and um, out there, but in a different way. Then on the other hand, these over here that just I poke holes in and it's easier for me to poke a hole in this, this story. So it is something that I kind of go back and forth because he does talk to people um, at Bethel Church. Um, in the U.S. and these students who are out there um, going out, this is what they do, and they firmly believe this, and they're healing people supposedly, and they're they're um, seeing yeah. major life changes. And then he, uh, so let me talk about Bethel for a second. I think this was done before they exploded. So Bethel exploded. You have I, no, <laughs> but you have. I guarantee you, if you listen to modern Christian radio or go to a church. You have heard one of their songs. Um, one of the popular ones now is um, No Longer Slaves, which actually I love that song. Uh, anyway, but you've, you've heard some of their songs. And I went to a concert with Bethel. So I wanted to talk about that experience really briefly. Yeah. Because um, the day before this concert, I went to a church locally that is very conservative. So uh, you were with me. I don't want to name the church. Musically, they had a choir, they had like an orchestra. I still felt God there. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. The, the preaching was amazing. And like, it without a doubt, the spirit was there. And I, I learned from the Lord, like, without a doubt. Music, it, like, literally almost opposite of what Bethel does. Then the next day, I went to a Bethel concert. And I want to say, like, absolutely, I encountered the Lord there. I believe God was there. I believe the people there were worshiping. Bethel does what's called spontaneous worship a lot. We could argue about it all day. I mean, you know, if Josh was on, actually your husband, who was a worship pastor for a while, he would probably have things to say about this. But so they'll do just like the, the music will keep playing and they'll just worship. That's the church that I used to go to. Right. So they would As like, a child, like a you would hear in the background, the, like the woman would just, oh, Lord, you know, this and that. And like she just prays out loud and, and they will jump up and down and they will move their bodies in a dancing way rhythmically over and over and over again. And. And they will raise their hands and, and these things. And, like, yeah, from outside perspective, they look possessed or something. Like, you know. But I remember as a child. Like being I said weirded before, out. Like a little freaked being out, Being right? really uncomfortable with right. that whole idea. Because the church that I grew up in. And they would then speak. Then, and that church then would go and they would speak in tongues. And I didn't know what tongues was. And so there was no tongues at this concert. Right. Not to say Bethel doesn't do tongues. I would be shocked if they didn't. Um, just because I know the, their theology. So. But there wasn't at this concert. But right. there was a couple of things that, like, I was totally for. Some of the stuff they said, I was like, yes. The worship was amazing when they actually, like, did the songs. And it wasn't just spontaneous for literally 10 to 15 minutes, which it was at times. But one of the things was they said, okay, any kids, go on the shoulders of mom and dad or whoever brought you. So, you know, I saw a couple kids. And they're on the shoulders. And they said, I want everyone to reach their hands toward these children. And when I say the kind of three, I want you to yell. Just scream as loud as you can. And what we're doing is we're essentially encouraging and building up and giving these children a spiritual like backbone and uh, encouragement. 
Now, people out there can't see my face right now. I know, but uh, <laughs> I that was one of the that was it. one of the things I was like, "What? Like, wait, wait a second, what?" Um, if you look at some of Bethel's theology, because I know it's going to come up, if somebody who knows their churches listens to this, and we start talking about Bethel, they're going to know they're out there on some things, um, very out there on some things. I would not go to that church necessarily, but I I would listen to the music because nothing in their music is theologically. Incorrect. I wouldn't say that they're not Christians, but it's, it is just really out there. And that's one of those things that they did. Which, let's just, like, raise our hands toward and yell at children. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I mean, I cannot see that, like, biblically anywhere. We're screaming toward a child in any way. Like, encourage the Holy Spirit. There, the Holy, like, in, at any point, is there any point? And I'm, and I'm asking you, and I know you're no biblical scholar, but according to your knowledge, which is a little bit more than mine, a point that... They, anyone in in the Bible, screams to encourage the Holy Spirit or to... I, I, no, not that I know of. Okay, like I know I said, I know you're not. Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. So, you know, but then some would say, well, God is living and breathing and active. And many of the things you saw happen in Acts in the first church and things were completely unheard of too. And God can keep doing the unheard of. God can make our teeth gold. God can make manna fall from heaven in our Bibles. Yes, that's God, another one. Yes, God can make, and it's like, yes, yes, he can. But but we also, unfortunately, have to be careful of frauds. Now, I don't think anyone at that concert was a fraud. I just, I just, like I said, it's just not my style of worship. I don't see that biblically. Is it a sin? No, I don't think they were sinning, but it's just one of those things. It's like, what? Like, this theology is just... So anyway, that's that's that with that with Bethel, but it still is interesting, and I do believe some of those people he he interviewed had the Holy Spirit and were really doing good things for God. So like you just have to be careful. Sometimes we come with these preconceived notions and these, I mean, biases. To be honest with you, like like a teacher going to a classroom and the classroom has Hispanics, African Americans, and whites. Every teacher, you're bringing a preconceived thought with you about that race, whether you know it. Or not, and the same thing can happen with Christians. Someone who was born and raised in um, Central Baptist Church, First Baptist of little town in Michigan, who they always wore skirts and never had a drum beat, looks at Bethel Church and thinks they're probably demonic. But somebody who was raised at Bethel Church looks at that Baptist church and says, "Man, you don't even have the Holy Spirit. Right? You you don't have the power of God anywhere in your services." So we would have to be careful about that. When we hear about these kinds of miracles, that we turn our biases away and just think about who God is. That's the first half of the movie. The second half of the movie, he goes overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes overseas, and um, he is following uh, a woman. Uh, the well, she something of the dirt. Um, the woman of the dirt, I think, right? I think it was the woman of the dirt, but it was something along those lines. If you watch the documentary, you know. But um, just this woman who's over in Africa. Um, in these small villages preaching Jesus to these people. And um, her thing is that she will show them a video about who Jesus is, and then she prays and will pre- perform some sort of healing. She prays whatever it is that God excuse me, tells her and, and asks of her to do. Uh, she will pray for and they will, will heal somebody. And this idea uh, in her the, I guess the point behind it is to show God's love, to show that, look, this Jesus that loves you really does care. He really is here for you. And these people, there's thousands of them coming to Christ. 
um, every time this happens. And she's not there getting rich. She's not there getting much out of this at all. I mean, like we said, she's living in like a hut in these villages in South Africa. Um, and seeing people heal, people who they will, you know, the entire village will testify that, yes, this person has been blind or has been deaf their entire life. And is now able to hear or see so or walk. that or, miracle leads people to Christ. And that miracle then leads people to Christ. And the other thing that kind of points, I guess, to me, to the validity of these things, these are the same exact kinds of miracles that Christ was doing then. They were helping people and they were furthering the kingdom. He would have, when he had the man that he, he couldn't walk, he said, go, go ahead and like, go out and tell people, go tell them what happened right. to you here. Um, and, and, like you said, you're you're providing for someone's practical, real, true need, and also then proclaiming the gospel and and sharing that, and people are coming to know Christ as a result of it. And so she saw. I mean, this docu- uh, documentary followed her, and she was in Africa, and they went somewhere in Turkey, and they were um might have gone elsewhere. There were a few different spots, but it was the same idea that they were. It was love. It was all about love, and there was a woman that. They showed that she was at the door with and the, her Turkish interpreter was trying to convert the woman before um, she he would allow her to pray for the, this woman. And she kept saying, no, she's like, that's not what it's about. The point here is to show them love and to show them the love of Christ. And um, she had to talk with him after and explain that. But it, look, it's like, yes, we want them to come. And the ultimate goal is for them to come to know Christ. But the only way we're going to do that is love. Just this love and love people. And that's what her thing is, is, is you have to have both. You can't just go around. No, you can't just, you have right. to have both. Right. But I do think that you're nine times out of 10, you're not going to get someone's heart or their ear to listen until you've shown them love. And you've, well, we can use Jesus as a model. When he went into towns and things like that, that didn't know of him, he did healings. Right. He healed them. He provided practically for them. Yes. Anyways, he fed them. And and then he would share, hey, turn, turn, and follow me. Right. Because it, there's a th- you think of, um, I guess, just even personal experiences that people might have had is you're a street preacher mm-hmm. is not going to, who's yelling, repent, or, or Jesus, even Jesus loves you, isn't going to have the same effect. I'm not saying they're completely ineffective. Right. Because I'm sure there's arguments for them, right. I but I do believe it's considerably more effective if it's you know the guy you've worked with for twenty years sitting there who knows you who you've gone out to lunch with and you take him out to lunch and you're telling him about your faith. I feel like he's gonna listen. You're gonna get further with an approach like that, right. and that's not to say don't try these other ways. So but, yeah, or like what you're saying in terms of the practical needs. If you're standing in the middle of Detroit just screaming at people, right? or you go there with a bunch of sandwiches and you're handing them out and saying, hey, I'm doing this for the love of Christ. I'm showing God's right. love practically. And by the way, can I tell you my story? I think that's probably more effective. And yes. that's that's her way of doing that in these villages. She goes there. She impacts them. She loves on them. If there's blind, if there's deaf, she she prays for God to heal them and, and shares the gospel. Look, the God who did this for you loves you. Right. So and I will say it's a different they, kind of miracle than gold teeth. Absolutely, completely is. And I will say that as there's these, Bethel was sending out. It's a college. I mean, it is a. School. They do have a college. And it was these college students that attend Bethel that were were going out, um, and talking about this a lot. And she also kind of talked about it, just the power that the Holy Spirit gives us. And the Bible does talk about that. That the the power of the Holy Spirit within us. That we have the 
the um, hope of glory and the power of Christ living within us. And the Bible says that um, for people who believe and accept that we have this power, that we have, um, like you said, the Holy Spirit and Jesus living within us. And therefore, why not, in a sense, I guess, harness that power or utilize that power for what it, what it is. And um, it's in Ephesians, and I don't have the, my notes in front of me, but it talks about that. It's like the those of you who love and have been given this power and talk yeah. about power and power. It's, it's a common thing in the New Testament with the Holy Spirit. So to me, it makes me feel like, why can't we all be out there in some sense healing or doing amazing things in God's name? If, right, so I that, leads me we that, right, that leads me to my, my last question, which is, America and our culture, the Christians in our culture, if we see the powerful, wonderful things God's doing overseas in different places, like, are we just not tapped into that? Are we too busy thinking about other things? I think it's a both. I, well, I think it's a kind of the same thing. You're yeah. not tapped into it because you're so focused on other things. And there's no need. You don't feel an urgency. It's very rare that you feel this urgency that some of these other people do when you're right. literally That's talking true. about... I mean, they were showing some of these homes in Turkey, and they went to the um, the gypsies, who mm-hmm. are some of the most hated people in all of Europe. And they're the slums, the terrible, terrible conditions. I mean, we say, like, houses in downtown Detroit might be bad, but these were literally... Yeah, we're talking, like, kind of like the slums of India type Yes, thing, it was yes. awful. And yeah. what these conditions these people live in, and they're hated by everyone around them and things, and... Yet you're still seeing God's amazing power and things going on there, but there's needs, and you're meeting these needs. These people have never heard the name of Jesus. Never. And I think it's it does happen, but it's much more uncommon to be in America and say that someone's never heard of God or never heard of Jesus. Yeah, it's uncommon. Yeah. Right, because we are so saturated with mm-hmm. it. And therefore, I feel like we don't feel this urgency. And as far as persecution goes... Um, you know, we see ISIS over and other in these uh, Middle Eastern countries yeah. that are literally burying children alive in front of their parents yes. for being Christians. Yes. And, um, and worse. And worse. If you can get worse, there is worse. There, exactly. And these things are happening. So there's this urgency. Um, we don't feel that here. Persecution I, typically does grow the church. I mean, that happened in the oh, first, absolutely. first church. First, it always does. And, Persecution and, always grows the church. And you got it cushy here. Incredibly. 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 But it is China and Russia. But I do think we've also just as a culture become so self-focused. It's it's so much of what are they gonna think of me and self-esteem and make sure all that everything makes you feel tolerant. Tolerant and there's these safety zones and all (laughs) this kind of like and that's it's ridiculous that we make we can poke fun at like, oh look at the millennials and they need their safe zones and their um uh, trigger warnings and, and things of that nature, but at the same time, we've all become that way as a culture. Um, if you say something someone else doesn't agree with and you've offended them, oh my goodness, you've done the worst cardinal sin of all. It's, it's awful. Um, and so to it, there's this fear, and I guess the persecution that we really are facing is like, you know, social media. You're not going to have as many friends on social media. Or, I mean, honestly, you know, some people have had slightly more serious persecution as far as, like, I lost my job because of I not, not being able, I was not able to attend uh, a meeting on a Sunday morning because I chose church. Or I refused to take my cross off. I mean, I know there are more serious there, there forms become, of persecution. some that are becoming a little more serious. Right. But ultimately, there's no one in this country who is 
regularly under the threat of death because of their... And from our government. I mean, from our government, yes. Yeah. Or, or uh, mass groups of people like ISIS and things and um, that are literally going out and, and slaughtering anybody who professes the name of Jesus. So, like, persecution is not happening here. And that's There's no need. We don't feel a need to harness that power. It's right. the same idea uh, to me of, like, we have a bunch of flashlights in the drawer and we don't go turn them on because the lights are on. But when the power goes out, then all of a sudden you want to make sure you've got those flashlights and you turn them on. And not that there's this, like... But but that... but And you're right about that analogy in one sense. Yeah. That is that we keep him in a drawer. Yes. Uh, we keep the Holy Spirit in a drawer for when we need him. Uh, some, something devastating happens. Okay. Pull the Holy Spirit out because we need his comfort. Um, okay, someone does ask us about Jesus that once a year. Pull him out so we can get the right answer. So that is kind of how we treat him. But at the same time, I don't think of it like, I, I guess it doesn't totally fit because right now we're sitting in a well-lit room. You don't need a flashlight. Right, right now. but with him, you do always need and it. Doesn't yeah. feel, I guess it's even the same idea. I'm trying to think using that same thing. It's like during the day, you don't turn the lights on because the sun's out and it feels bright but really this it's not the same kind of light it's not the same thing and so we feel like we're good and we yes, feel like exactly. everything's happy yeah i go to church occasionally on sundays or uh you know i was raised in the church i understand i believe it's fine so no but it's not that's real. like a perfect analogy because um it, it, what we do in our society is we comfort with different things so Comfort with food, we comfort with friends, we comfort with, um, which God can use friends, but, you know, we comfort with TV, you know, hey, oh my gosh, I need to relax, I need the TV, I need the Netflix binge, I need this or whatever. These are the things that we use, and we're filling our lives with constantly, oh, I need my music, I need the movies, I need a A cigarette, Uh, whatever it is, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, if we're using it in, in place of the Holy Spirit and the things he brings... Um, then it's a problem. I, I can't share my faith. I'm not comfortable enough. You know, okay, you're just basically saying the Holy Spirit can't use you. And that when the Holy Spirit isn't strong enough in you, like, yes, we all do need to prepare ourselves. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like we forget that literally, and the, the Bible says it's the power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside you. And, and that it always is, makes me think of that Jeremy Camp song that's been popular and always done in, right. in churches, but it's the same power. And yeah. it, it just repeats that. And the chorus is the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. The same power. The same power is it lives in us. And that is true. And it's something I think my we forget cri- about. Yeah, my criticism is, I just, you know, I, I, I can't say he doesn't, but is he making people's teeth gold? Is that what the, the power of the Holy Spirit is on earth for? See, and or is like, he healing the deaf so they can hear the name of Jesus right. and the town can get saved? Right, and the thing you is, know? where is the, where these first miracles were happening are in churches, among the saved, among people who already believe. Right. They were in relatively small churches, um, and I know that this kind of thing happens in mega churches as well, but the idea that it's a church building. The church buildings in America or in our, in our current state in Canada, I would assume too, are not places where people flock just to hear the name of Jesus. They're typically Christians or people that are already seeking. It's not a lot of the lost because they don't believe they need it. They don't even know they need it until you present it. Um, Uh, And so these miracles are happening among people who already believe and they're things that, I don't know, like you said, it's it's, it's not something that I want to say. It is a fraud unless we add... Honestly, though, I, I wish what he did, I wish what the documentary was, 
I know maybe this is wrong, but was to like dig in a little deeper. Right, me too. Let's get the dental records. Literally, let's find out if a dentist goes there that could perform these things. I know that sounds horrible, but to investigate something like that, but I want to check everyone's teeth before they come in the room, and then because he's he's you know all of the miracles, and especially that he caught on camera, and this could be purely coincidental, but we're happening right after he turned off his camera, or yeah. just before he yeah, got there with the camera, um, and so it's kind of like, and I don't even know that he's necessarily would be the one being deceptive. I don't know if that's even the case, but just in general, it's odd to me. To have it yeah. happen like that. I'm like, I want to see it happen. Like, let me watch someone's teeth, their front teeth that I can see when they're talking to me, change to gold before my eyes because I fully believe God can do that. But at the same time, then it kind of is that testing my faith. Am I not having enough right, faith? Right, Am I right, right. can go back and forth on all of this. I, I, I listened to someone on the radio who I really respect, and he said, look, I believe God can heal, but these people who are saying the dead are rising from the dead, the people who are saying that these miracles are done, he's like, why Why aren't limbs growing back? You know, why aren't right. fingers that are cut off growing back? Why Why aren't, you know, you know, uh, autistic children brought in and completely able to speak and their minds right. are healed? Like, like, these literally major, like, why is it just grandma's back feels better? The things that you can't. You can't really, and Ooh. yeah, and 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 he he had done a test, and he said, "Look, here's some of your major faith healers. Give me three people who you have healed or raised from the dead, and have them come in and, and, and talk to me and prove to me that that healing, quote unquote, lasted after the adrenaline and the emotions were gone." I know that sounds so horrible, but if you're saying this is from God, like don't be a fraud. Exactly. And a lot of the people he was talking about are people who are making millions. With That's, personal jets because of the quote-unquote healings that they're doing. Right. Uh, okay, and they have, like, multiple mansions because of the healing. he's like, all right, bring them in. You know, because he feels like God is being uh, made to be, like, a, a circus show of fraud, and you're faking this, and that's not the true healing of God. So, anyway, it was a good documentary um, because it really got us thinking, and it was interesting, and it, um, it didn't change my mind or anything, but I think it was a good reminder of, who the Holy Spirit is and the fact that there is real power and that God is still doing amazing things around the world. Um, Absolutely. And it honestly, even personally to me, was a reminder of the fact that the Holy we do have this power. And right. It's, if nothing else, something that, I don't want to say empower, but like encourages me and, give, and reminds me, inspires, whatever, right. that, that to like not be so afraid of things, to not right. be so afraid... Even for me personally, things that I deal with, of like being afraid to reach out to somebody or being afraid to kind of uh, take an extra step in my in sharing my faith. Just those little things like, why is that something that scares me so much? If I have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I'll squeak to help. <laughs> but, you know, there's no reason I should fear these things. I shouldn't have to be afraid of like, or let social anxiety, to some extent, come between me and what God and God's yeah. power. When you really step back and look at it, because I'm the same way, it almost seems silly. It is we're, silly. We're, we're raised from spiritual death, and we have a mission from the Lord to do God's work here, to bring the kingdom of God here among the people we know and love. But we're too scared to go and hand that homeless person a sandwich and share our faith with them. Like, what are we doing then? Like, 
are we wasting our time? Are we wasting God's time? What could we have accomplished if we weren't so afraid for all these years? Right. If we actually did tap into that power and say, all right, Holy Spirit, whatever it is you want me to do, I will do now. Whatever it is you want me to give up, I will give up now. Whatever you want me to gain, I will gain now. Just use me tomorrow, however you want. The next day, however you want. Um, so it reminds me of a book. So if you're interested in what we're saying, and you're thinking, huh, this is an interesting topic. Read Forgotten God by Francis Chan. It talks about this. It's amazing. It was life-changing for me. Now, you're listening to This Laughable Life with Lindsay and Janelle. Uh, listen again because... Share with Paige. You guys, we are on iTunes now. If you missed that announcement, you can go online and you can uh, rate us and subscribe. Um so that you can get notifications every time we put up a new podcast. Definitely sure. rate us because that is how other people are going to be able to find us. We'll be able to grow. So please go on and rate us. Give us reviews. Yes. Um, Positive ones. If you have negative things to say, that's right. You can just go ahead and send those in private messages to us. If yeah. If you feel the need to get them out. And if you forget to hit send when you write that private message, that's okay. That's fine. If, or if you wanted to like put it on a piece of paper and just throw right. it. And burn it. Yeah. Right? And just get that cleansing out. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Good. It feels good. <laughs> so... Um, this was a little bit more of a serious one. We often laugh a lot more in our podcast, but (laughs) (laughs) this will, um, I don't know, it's a good balance. So thank you so much for listening. We'll, um, we won't hear you next time, but you'll hear us next time. (laughs) I thought you were talking about me. Where am I going? (laughs) All right. Goodbye. Bye.